0: Unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today?
1: I'm great, Nathan. How are you?
0: I am fantastic, and we have a very special guest on today, and I just ruined the surprise, but I'm excited. I couldn't keep it to myself, so I'm going to sit back and let you do most of the talking and absorb as much as I possibly can in this week's episode.
1: Okay, that's great. So let's start here. If you run ads for your business, here's a tantalizing question for you. How would you like to increase your response by 30% without writing any new copy? Or how about 300%? Impossible, you say? Well, don't say that to our special guest today, Katie Schweitzer, because once she explains a few things, she's gonna give you real world examples of where these kinds of increases have actually occurred. Katie started out her career as a mechanical engineer and she learned marketing when she started her own online business for other parents. And she has four children herself. Soon she was taking on marketing clients and her main focus was improving conversions based on market research and data-driven copywriting. Kate has also worked as marketing manager for marketing analytics software company. And these days she's helping business owners collect and understand their own marketing data and use what they find to improve their results. So I gotta admit, I'm pretty excited to hear what she has to say. But I also need to admit that we've never done any analytics on this particular part of the podcast. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast and most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity you may want to get a legal review after you write your copy and before you actually start using it my larger clients do this all the time so katie welcome and thanks for being here
2: thanks for having me
1: yeah so we got so much to cover how about we just jump right in At the most basic level what are analytics and how does a marketer use them
2: so all that analytics are is a way for you to track where your sales and traffic are coming from and what is converting to an actual sale and what isn't so you're just going to use that to optimize your paid advertising or your email marketing and cut out the stuff that isn't working and put more effort or money into what is
1: okay so keep what works and ditch the rest right
2: yep exactly
1: (laughs) okay good so you've been doing this for a while you've seen a lot of people different sizes different industries could you tell us about the biggest mistakes people typically make when they try to use analytics
2: so some of the biggest mistakes that people make is they're only looking at one or two channels and they're not thinking about the big picture so they'll go in they'll see what facebook ads for example is reporting them and they don't realize there's limitations to that data and the accuracy of it and so they'll make decisions based on bad data and that's probably the biggest most costly mistake that i see from people is just not understanding the limitations of where their data they're making decisions on is coming from and why
1: yeah i mean haven't you also noticed that someone has zero sales but they're bragging about their click through rate in other words they're yeah you know focusing on on the wrong accomplishments i i find that kind of sad and hilarious at the same time so i know at at some point we're going to talk about some of the more sophisticated and expensive software but let's say you have a small list or you're running a small campaign Is it even possible to use analytics profitably in those conditions without the expensive software?
2: Yeah, totally. So just because your data may not have... Overall accuracy doesn't mean that your data isn't going to be accurate in terms of comparisons. So relation to each other from one month to month and comparing that way. So both Google and Facebook offer different attribution models. Attribution models are where the revenue is being attributed to reach sale, whether it's like first click or last click. We're going to talk about that in a couple minutes. But even if you know that the data itself is not accurate as a whole, you can still see incremental improvements or lack of improvements that you can take action on using the data that's available for you in your ad accounts for free or through your email. If you want to look at like your email provider and you're willing to do a little bit of work to take a look at which of your general copy ideas or creatives are working better, you can use that too.
1: Okay. So understanding that there are limitations, how has Facebook made meaningful tracking more difficult? And what are the limitations, especially on using Facebook Business Manager these days to get good analytics?
2: So the problem with Facebook and Google is that, first of all, they don't share data with each other. So Facebook is naturally gonna try to take credit for every single sale it possibly can. And it has no way of knowing if your email was actually what made the sale or if your Google campaign was what actually made the sale. So it's gonna credit that sale to itself whenever possible. And it used to be two years ago, Facebook would often take too much credit for sales. They would give themselves way more credit than it deserved. But lately, Google has been under crediting itself by a lot, as much as 50% in some of the clients that I've seen. And when that happens, you might take action to turn off a campaign that's actually a winner. So you have to kind of look at what the current landscape is with privacy laws because that's where Google and Facebook are sort of running afoul and they're getting overly cautious in terms of tracking sales and tracking people using existing privacy technology. And that really limits them on their ability to be accurate between the technology and complying with privacy laws and the changes in not really communicating with each other ever, because we don't want to do that, right? If we're Google and Facebook, we don't want to give each other free data. then you're just never going to be able to see the full picture and it can be frustrating for business owners because you'll go in and you'll know hey i've made 15 sales today but facebook is only crediting me for you know five of them but i know they all came from facebook because i don't have a lot of organic traffic or whatever reason and That is probably what you're encountering if you're depending on Facebook for your analytics data.
1: And yet, if you're running small campaigns, doing small numbers, that's kind of where you're stuck, right?
2: Yeah, but there's no reason that you can't look at that data from day-to-day or week-to-week or month-to-month and see, oh, this campaign is performing better relatively to another one, and just try to make some assumptions based on what you know about which campaigns are running well, you know, what people are responding to an email and the consistency of your messaging. And you can pull some pretty powerful conclusions just from doing that, that you can take action on to grow to the point where it's worth investing in attribution model software.
1: Okay. So that's where I really wanted to go because I know not everyone can do this or can not do this yet, but I think it's probably from an analytics point of view, it's probably a worthy goal to get your business to the point where the software makes sense. So let's talk about the advanced stuff. Let's talk about attribution software and multi-touch models. Could you spell that out for us?
2: Sure, okay. So there's a lot of different attribution softwares on the market, but the important part is looking at what is attribution to begin with? And we sort of talked about this for a minute, but I wanna circle back to attribution all it is is taking the revenue from a sale and crediting it to a different part of the touch of each funnel so when you see attribution models that's what it's doing it's telling you where it's crediting revenue to so for example a multi-touch model is going to credit revenue to multiple touch points along the model from when the user first interacted with your business which would be first click all the way through until when they make their final click or interaction before a sale
1: let me ask you something so essentially what's happening it's almost like there's this little guy with a a clipboard or maybe a gal with a clipboard and it's following each customer around checking Mm -hmm. out almost like a private investigator or something figuring out you know where where yeah Okay. Yep, yeah,
2: that's exactly okay. how it is. So, in deep down, in most of these softwares, you're able to go in and look at individual customers or users and see every action that they've taken. So, the, it'll say this user clicked on this ad campaign in this channel, and then you know they clicked on this retargeting ad later. They opted in. They opened this email. They clicked on this link, and they finally made a sale. And they take that information from thousands of users or hundreds of users that you've been interacting with in your business, and they do it through various ways. Like some of the softwares are better than others at being able to track users, for example, across devices and that type of thing. But at its core, this is what each of those softwares is trying to do. And so most of the time people get really excited about like last click attribution because that's what Facebook and Google tend to want. They want they want to give you the last click model so that they can take credit for that last click that made a sale. But if you have access to multi-touch attribution models, which you do have access to in Facebook and Google, you just have to change some of your settings on how you're viewing the data, it's going to credit those sales across multi-touch points. So, There's models like full impact, which would show you it's like fully crediting the revenue. So if you make a $20 sale, that model would credit $20 for first click for the first opt-in and it might and all the way to the last click and it just gives you like kind of an an exaggerated view of how your market is working because it's not just that one twenty dollar sale it's all the sales that you made in the time period that you were in so you can really see where your performance is doing really well and where it's not because of that exaggerated model some other models that'll be more like a linear type they're going to credit fractionally so they'll say, oh, well, this first click was more important based on whatever their criteria is for setting up the model. And they might give half the credit to the first click and then a quarter to the opt-in and a quarter to the last click. And that just gives you like a little bit more of a fair view of what's performing well from the high level view instead of the exaggerated view. So. That's why multi-touch is kind of where you want to start, because it gives you the 10,000-foot view of how your data is performing.
1: In terms of testing, it seems like if you're disciplined in your activity and you keep really good records, you could A, B, split test every single piece of the funnel and over time figure out exactly how to optimize everything.
2: Yeah, doing totally. This. Yeah, right? so once you looked at that like multi touch model viewpoint, you can say I can see my first click is performing pretty well, but my last click is not converting well based on what I saw in the 10,000 foot view. And then you'll zoom in on say last click. And in the softwares that are out there, you can see each channel in each campaign, and you'll be able to see, okay, this is the campaign that's got positive ROI, it's doing really well. I'm going to turn off this other campaign that's got negative ROI and put that fund, that budget towards the good one and just keep optimizing that way. And you can do that all the way at the campaign level or the channel level where you're saying, Oh, well, Facebook is just not performing well for me, or Google is just not performing well for me. Or you can go detailed all the way down to like the ad set level and the creative. And as long as you, each of the software handles that a little differently, but as long as you're managing it well in your software you'll be able to see the trends of what creative is operating well which audiences are doing well and be able to optimize all the way down to that level it's really powerful
1: how long does it take a civilian to learn to do this stuff
2: realistically it takes a couple of months and it also takes some time depending on the software you're using to start collecting the data and make it useful so some of the models are useful right away And some of them you need to collect a month or two of data before you really can put enough value in them to make decisions. But once you get the hang of it, it's not hard. It's just a question of taking the time to learn. And realistically, most business owners really don't want to take that time to learn. They know that data is powerful, but to have to go to that level of how to optimize, I can understand where that's challenging.
1: sure so you hire someone like yourself or maybe you bring a person on board to to do that right
2: yeah so most people will rely on the software company that they're using to try to give them support and there's only so much support available so frequently they'll look for an expert like me or someone else that might be able to interpret that data for them so that they can take action without having to spend you know weeks or hours every week looking at it trying to figure out what it means
1: okay so what are a few of these companies before we there there's something even better i want to get to but what are just the companies people might want to consider before we get so
2: to the biggest companies that are out there right now are wicked reports there's one called hyros there's a new one by adobe whose name i can't remember i've i haven't used them yet i'm really interested in them Frank Kern has a new one that's out and there's a couple other here and there, like uh, segmetrics is a common one, but they're a little weaker on the technological side. So there's a few options out there to look at if you're interested in this type of software.
1: Okay. So now I want to get into the good stuff. Everyone's had their, you're a mom, you understand this. They've had their vegetables and their meat and potatoes. Now we can get to the dessert. I guess you're not smiling, so I guess you don't say that around your family. Okay, what are the most, the, one metric, most valued, most valued customers, it's not an emotional thing, there's a number attached, maybe mm-hmm. emotional too. Why do they make up a, a key metric and how do you use analytics to find them?
2: So just a like a, a quick overview of like most, the biggest mistakes that I see people make when they're kind of diving into this, and I think you asked this in question too, but I didn't answer it fully, <laughs> is they're focused on the wrong metrics. If you're only focused on say click-through rate or number of leads that you're getting or the cost per lead, then you're missing the reason why you're advertising to start with, right? You're not spending money to get leads or to get people to come to your website. You're spending money on paid advertising to make sales. And the critical metric that most people overlook is you don't just want to make sales. You don't want to bring you don't want to spend all the money to bring someone in. They buy something once and then they never come back. You want to get those repeat customers that are the highest value ones, the ones that love your product. They're really happy with your services or your what you're selling, and they just keep coming back for more. And you don't have to spend a lot to advertise to them because they're already on your email list. They're already like a loyal person. And so when you overlook that metric of what we call customer lifetime value, you are missing out on so much money and so much less stress in your business because you don't have to fight for every sale tooth and nail. And so by using a software like this, you can actually track your lifetime value on customers. And Google and Facebook cannot do this because they don't track users, they only track purchases. So they'll only tell you this was a sale and if you put in like your estimated sale value, they might track that for you, but they're not gonna track individual users and the value of that user. So they don't know the difference between Katie who buys from me five times and makes, you know, $857 in revenue, and Joe and Joe added to Alan added to Jack, who all make that same amount of revenue together, but they're three different people. So if you dig into this, using a software that tracks individual users using more complicated technology, more advanced technology, and It's still privacy friendly technology for most of these companies because they're unlike Facebook and Google, they're not tracking people across websites. They're only tracking people who leave the paid advertiser and coming to your site and they have already agreed to your privacy policy. So it's more privacy compliant and it's ahead of the law changes compared to just using your regular ad manager. So it's better for you and it's better for your customers who are coming on.
1: Yeah, and one thing also, you might find that you're getting, I don't know, let's say three quarters of a percent conversion rate from Google and three quarters of a percent conversion rate from Facebook, but that the Google customers are, have a lifetime value of 50% more. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've seen cases like that where maybe not Google or or Facebook, but maybe two different traffic sources will may have very similar conversion rates but very different lifetime value rates right so you're obviously going to want to put more resources towards the greater lifetime value
2: right so one of the biggest things that we'll see if you're using a software like this is it's very common for people to turn off ads and campaigns before they've had a chance to perform and what i mean by that is like even large media companies will make the mistake of thinking oh after 72 hours facebook has had time to register sales and i can then make a determination after that three days on whether to turn off a campaign and that is completely wrong (laughs) and the reason why is that leads and clicks they take time to buy and if you don't give them time to buy and convert and you don't have a wide enough attribution window to allow that to register within whatever attribution you're using whether it's an ad manager or a software you are making a decision based on garbage data like you don't know if that campaign is going to sell well and a lot of e-commerce companies they have a 7 14 21 several month long what we call a buying cycle which is the amount of time that it takes somebody to buy after they first interact with your brand and if you turn off an ad before you go through one average buying cycle then you're doing that prematurely And software like Wicked Reports, they have a sales velocity report that will tell you and break it down into, you know, 20% of your sales happen within seven days. And, you know, 20% of them happen within a day and the 25% happen within 30 days. And you can see that in the report. And that helps you make a determination on your buying cycle time. And then how long should you run that campaign before you decide I'm losing money on it? okay and,
1: that's great let's let's stop there because i want to make sure we have time for this could you give us some examples some case studies of people who've done made smart use of the things you're talking about and the kind of increases they've seen with their ads and their results? Yeah.
2: so i've seen some e-commerce companies particularly supplement type companies that have reoccurring sales use software like this they implement it and within 6 months they're having a 3% 300% return on investment increase within a certain channel like Facebook or Google and it's pretty typical to see a 30% improvement within just 2 or 3 months just based on cutting out the campaigns that aren't performing well and moving that budget towards ones that are and i it's very rare to see a company that comes on, that actually uses the software, takes the time to understand what the data is telling them to do and take action on it and not get at least 30% of their improvement on return on investment for paid ads. Um, But the biggest winners are people who have reoccurring sales models. So these are people that, you know, they have monthly subscription packages or they're dependent on people reordering those are the companies that this software is gold for them (laughs) because they can just dive in, they can find those highest value customers using lifetime value and then replicate that customer journey throughout each of the campaigns and funnels that they're using to focus on what really works and get rid of the stuff that's just bringing in looky-loos or one-time buyers. And that's super powerful because everybody knows it costs acquiring a customer for the first time is the most expensive part of your funnel. So by cutting that down, your ROI goes up very quickly.
1: That's really great. Well, we're, we're just about to wrap up. Nathan, do you have any thoughts or questions for Katie?
0: I did have one question, Katie, and this is something that we've actually talked about behind the scenes for most copywriters marketers. We really dig the creative aspect of our work and we can't stand sorting through all of the analytics and the data, and it's daunting, it's intimidating, and that's, I think, why a lot of us, as as well as business owners, avoid looking into this. So the question that I have is, if you're a copywriter out there listening, and all of this sounds great, or if you're a business owner and all of this sounds great, but It also sounds like, holy crap, I'm going to have to take three months or six months to learn this. And I don't even know if this is going to jive with the way that I think or if I'm going to be able to make any sense out of this bunch of numbers being thrown at me. If you're somebody like me in this position, how do I get in touch with someone like you? Is what you're doing for people, is that like an actual industry that's forming? Or I'm just kind of feeling helpless here because I don't want to have to take all of this on.
2: Honestly, I don't know. I'm the only person that I know of right now who is doing this. So you would just send me an email and I can run in and do an audit on your account and let you know how much benefit I think you would see from it. And the idea here is just, if you were to hire somebody like me or me, we would set up your full, you know, tell you if you need attribution software or not. And if you don't give you at least some reports or audits on what you are using in your ad manager, and if you're spending enough on paid advertising, which between five and 10,000 a month is kind of the rule of thumb when it becomes worth buying attribution software, at that point, I would basically set up the account for you, do all of the data connections, the APIs and all that to make sure the data is going in, and then report back to you of like, I'm gonna boil all this information down and give you a report that says, here's campaigns that were performing well, Here's what wasn't and here's what I recommend going forward every month to make it really easy. So I hope that this becomes an industry because it's really powerful and it's really fun to be able to partner with copywriters and business owners to help them see the best possible fruit of their efforts. But right now I'm the only person I know of that's doing this.
0: And you said to email you, how do people get a hold of you?
2: It's Katie, K-A-T-I-E, at engineeredmarketing.io. And that's my email address.
0: Awesome. And we'll make sure to include that in the show notes. David, did you have anything else before we're out of here?
1: No, just to thank you, Katie. This is really eye-opening. I've been wondering about analytics for years and you've done a super good job of making it clear and showing us why we want to either get your help or figure it out for ourselves, whatever we want to do.
2: Yeah, it's worth it. Thanks for having me. I really, this is my passion. So I was excited to be able to share it with a broader audience.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Katie, for coming on. Listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you subscribe over at copywriterspodcast.com. And until next time, we will catch you later.
1: Catch you later. Hey, let me ask you something. How would you like a complete copywriting course packed into a $10 Kindle book? Yeah? Then let me invite you to try Breakthrough Copywriting. It's only $10 and it's available now on Amazon as a Kindle. Breakthrough Copywriting was originally a $5,000 live seminar I held in Las Vegas. People flew in from all over the world to attend Breakthrough Copywriting. This Kindle book by the same name is a complete version of my four presentations at the seminar. If you would like to dig into copywriting basics or refresh the knowledge you already have, then you'll really like Breakthrough Copywriting. A-listers like John Carlton, Joe Sugarman, and Bob Bly give this book an A+, and you can read the reviews right on the Amazon site. This episode of the Copywriters Podcast is sponsored by Breakthrough Copywriting. Check this book out at Amazon.com today. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.